Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, Richard Blaze here, Jasmine Blaze here uh, in uh, not-so-sunny San Diego, California on a Sunday morning. It's beautiful. It's actually Tuesday for everyone. It's gloomy and, and the birds are chirping. There so. is. There's like a bird chirping or um, something happened or a, a little baby bird fell out of a nest or something like oh, that. don't say that. I know. We've had a couple of uh, wildlife couple encounters rescues, yeah. recently. We, live, we don't live in the woods, although if you listen to the podcast, it might sound like we have a place somewhere deep in the woods. Uh, we saw a raccoon on the on the uh, ring yep, the other day. That's right. Rings are great. We also had a giant rat in, oh. the, in the driveway. <laughs> I'm remember glad. that? I, yeah, I was going to get to it. I was going to start with the raccoon. Oh, okay. I was going to start with the fact I that... I thought the raccoon was kind of hard to see because the night vision light like popped on in the middle of the video right when he, the raccoon's like walking under the sensor or whatever. And it was kind of hard to tell it was a raccoon. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a giant rat. Oh, wow. Like yeah, a 20 I pounder. <laughs> neighbor's cat or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he did hot step once the light turned on. But I've been telling people this, and this, this should be an ad for Ring, by the way. Totally. Uh, it's not. But if you don't have, if it's even whatever brand it is, these little doorbell sort of cameras, which are amazing to me when I tell people that don't have them, like what they're for, like obviously <laughs> someone stealing your Amazon package, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, weird people showing up to your door or whatever. The only reason we got one is to, to catch wildlife. Right. For us, it's, it's just a 24-hour wildlife cam <laughs> totally. that occasionally will catch a raccoon traversing uh, the front door. Yeah. Or a spider spinning its web over the top of it. That one's that was great. creepy because like, I thought it was a ghost. <laughs> totally. It was so close to the lens. Uh, we've also had skunk sightings on mm-hmm. the... Right? So it's basically yep. just wildlife. I'm waiting for it's a great. fox yeah. and a coyote. Yeah. Which we see in our neighborhood, just yeah. um, we haven't seen them. We got our neighbor's dog pooping uh, on our on our grass. Right. You know, we get all kinds of yeah. good stuff. And then the best part is you get to read, uh, listen to your neighbors talk about things. So I mean, most of the neighbors who are, are maybe if it's not the wildlife, it's more just like a strange man in a big brown van dropped oh, like something other, off. You mean other people that have rings? Yeah, you're yeah. like in a network of people around you that have rings. It's anonymous, but you still can see like, hey, there's this weird person creeping over my fence. Right, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, that. which is, that's spooky. But Anyways, the, the weird this person, is the best ad we've ever read. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> it's not an ad. The weird person in the brown truck, uh, ma'am, it's a UPS driver. Yeah. It's not Good. a big deal. It's just a UPS driver. Um, but we're here back in San Diego. Had an amazing little quick little trip to see the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. team yeah, the victory play. tour yesterday. The victory tour. Ba-ba-ba. Which was, is, by the way, there's, there's a bit of it that's a little propaganda-ish. The victory tour. I don't know. There's yeah. part of me that was that, like. That's, it's kind of like a throwback. I hear what you're saying. And like I know it's a friendly. Uh, they played Team Ireland and they obviously, you know, won. Or as our youngest big. daughter kept calling them, Rhode Island. Which is even better. No, I, don't like, know. I don't know how that switch up happened in her brain, but yeah. And bring, bring the milk coffee out and the squid salad, which are two things that are very oh. Rhode Island. But like that would be just make it like the Globetrotters then. Like, uh, you know, they're, they're playing Rhode Island and Vermont. And you know, right. we're on the, uh, the Northern New England tour right here. Uh, but that was fun. We got to, um, you know, have a quick little family trip. We've been talking about soccer a lot on the podcast. But Jasmine Blaze, yeah. the most fascinating thing that probably happened on our quick trip was that we were eating 
Oh, and well, we went to um, a little taco place that we like. We'll, cl- we'll call them out. Maybe we'll get them on the pod one day. There's some like Texas locals that moved out to LA and started serving Texas style tacos and queso. And it, um, it's called Home State and it's over in Highland Park. I think there's another location too. But we're sitting there and I imagine some of you have had this experience where someone that you're a big fan of, a celebrity of some sort, walks into an establishment you're in and you look at your significant other with like giant dinner plate eyes and you're like, this person's here. Yeah. Well, the best part about this was we're heading to see the, the U.S. women national soccer team. And you look at me and you go, Abby's here. And I was like, <laughs> and you've been giving me a lot of gruff about being a fan of Abby Dahlkemper, right? That's her first name. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm sure she's here getting brisket tacos an hour <laughs> before game time. But it wasn't Abby Dahlkemper. No, it, was it was Abby Jacobson. I thought I said Abby from Broad City. No, did I not? Did no, it, you that did. is in my brain. No, you did, but you said it kind of slowly. So, you were yeah, because like, I was trying Abby from Broad City. Like in yeah. my mind, that's oh, how like, it was. You cut it so off. I heard the Abby. Abby first, and I was right. like, you know, you were hoping it was Abby Dahlkemper for a hot second. I was, yeah. but then I was like, oh, you're just giving it to me because you know, you know that I'm a fan. That'd be hilarious. But it was Abby Jacobson. So cool. Uh, who has huge an amazing fan. podcast. Broad City podcast. Uh, comedian. Just all around cool chick um yeah so then like you have that moment right like a, as, that's my as description fans. of you by the way oh, nice. all around Thanks. cool chick uh you have this moment as like a fan like i'm a true fan like i don't i don't ever really do this i think like you and i have been around a lot of pretty famous people at times and like i don't ever really feel the need to be like i'm a big fan <laughs> yeah there's i, I guess this this kind of we parse this out after the fact right yeah when you run into someone who you really love and you're a fan of their art, right? Like, you're really a fan. Right. Uh, which was what Abby Jacobson is to both of us, but certainly to you. You put me up on yeah, her work. sure. Um, and I had mentioned on the way out, I was like, you know, you're in LA, you're in New York, and there's not a lot of, uh, you know, you see a lot of celebrities all over the place. Right. And it's kind of like play cool or whatever. You're going to see a lot of people. But this wasn't like, oh, it's Hawkeye from the Avengers. <laughs> Uh, like it's different when you just see just someone a, that, like, a you person like. that you know or like you recognize their face or you know they've been on TV or something like that. Yeah, different. Yeah, and no offense, by the way, I'm not saying that Hawkeye's the weakest Avenger. Maybe I am. <laughs> Maybe I am. If you want to have a conversation about it, that's another. That's for another podcast. Yeah. Uh, that we're getting down. But we did this, and right off the bat, you're like, "Yeah, I know I'm going to say hi," which I was uh, kind of shocked because you're not that type of person. No, I'm not. And I, some of it honestly comes from just like see, seeing interactions that you have. <laughs> so sometimes it is just like, you know, honestly, the only thing I'd really want to tell her is like, Hey, I'm a big fan. I don't have anything planned for after that. And I see that kind of play out with you sometimes where people come up and they're like, we're a big fan. And you being a gracious person, you engage them further Hey, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. And then they're just like, blah, 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 blah. it depends. Yeah. Well, I'm, mean, just, I'm just saying that's what I would be like. So that's probably why I don't do it. Yeah. Um, but I was impressed. You were like, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to say hello there. And there's a, a difference in like, well, like you, the, the, the girls were like, you got to go over there. And you were like, everybody, I felt a little pressured. And then I, you know, anyways, anyway, I'm happy that you pulled the trigger Me too. and you pulled but off- like as a, from your side of things, like from when this happens to you. Right. Because she was not by herself. She was sitting and eating with somebody, you know, at the table. And like you had a really interesting point afterwards that maybe you can share. But um, what do you, you know, what do you th- what do you think about that? Is it annoying? Is it like, mm, don't well, interrupt my meal? Like, I get that. Like, because I've been in all those positions with you. So 
Yeah. I mean, this is a little different for me to say because I'm not uh, Abby Jacobson, sure. award-winning well, but uh, comic people are actor, still fan- writer, artist. But people are still fans of yours. So, yes. Right. Um, you know, listen, I, and this is what I said to you. Uh, for most people, and I think there is a level that, you know, we don't know about, which is like the well, ch- absolute well, top Well, we saw A-list. it last night. We saw Kobe. <laughs> Who yes. had two gigantic <laughs> tuxedoed uh, bodyguards with him on the sidelines of the U.S. Women's National Team game. Well so, said. Yes. yes. Kobe Bryant, uh, yes. A list celebrity who's rolling around with an entourage and yeah. bodyguards. No and one's you, getting. No one's getting close. Although Kobe's been into a crack shack, but I'm, I'm mm, wondering cool. how many bodyguards he brought. I'll have to ask. Yeah. But the the point is, like, that's a different level, right? So like, you, everyone's just screaming at him, and you're, you're so popular. I'm assuming. You don't even know how these people are just looking for like a second of like a moment to be like, I saw Kobe Bryant or whatever it is. Right. Um, so there's an A-list scale that we can't even really talk about. For me, anytime someone just comes up to you and says, hey, I'm a big fan. You're really smart. I love your work. Something as simple as that. Like it's really hard for that not to feel good. Right. right. Yeah. Like it feels if someone's really expressing their, their fandom in that way. Um, the only time it gets weird again is, is like, I think, and I'm, I'm probably like this because I'm incredibly awkward. If you're like concocting what I'm going to say, I'm going to say something incredibly clever. For me, it's when people come up to me and they go, uh, and this has happened a number of times, you know, years ago when this sort of season of Top Chef was really popular, but they'll come up and be something like, who stole the pea puree? That's one of my favorite things. Right. It's like, first of sure. all, I wasn't even in that season like, I don't live in a house with all everyone else who's just ever been on Top Chef. So it can get a little weird there. Yeah. And then, like, you know, photos can get weird, but only if you do this. And this just happened to me uh, at, a, at, a, at a public thing that I just did. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I get a photo with you? Sure, let's do a photo. I don't even know who you are. But I saw other people are taking photos oh, of you. Gosh. And it's like, first of all, that's even if that's smarmy. the case. Yeah. Even if that's the case, right. why? Or... My wife loves you. My husband loves you. My significant other is a big fan. Like yeah, that, right, I know right, that that's right, right. probably coming from a nice place, but yeah. that always feels like to me yeah. that you're not that big of a right, fan. Right. Like, I don't know who you are, but someone told me you're really important. So, yeah. So I get that. I get if that. If I went up to Abby and I was like, my wife's a massive fan. Can right. you say hi to her? Like, that's right. kind of like, let, let someone pull the trigger on their own. Yeah, so, I get that. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's nuanced, <laughs> I think is what we're saying, right? There's, there's nuance to, to how and when. I, 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 have a, I think my biggest issue and the thing I wouldn't want to do is like they're eating a meal. I'm not going to say, hey, can I get a selfie? You know, like I just think that's to me that's overstepping. Yes, but and I, I think that there are – Because it's also like what do you want the selfie for? Like to post well, on social media, you just right? Tossed like, me, you taught me an interesting hashtag this week. What is it? Called uh, <laughs> Thirst Trap. Thirst Trap Thursday. Yeah. And I mean, in a way, I mean, let, let's be honest. That's why, you know, and we all, and I'm guilty of this as well, to be clear. Sometimes when you have a moment with, when you're doing something that's really cool, there's a little humble bragging going on and like, yeah, here's a picture of me and, you know, Kobe or whatever it is. Right. Um, I thought you pulled it off great. And you could tell by Abby's response, just a real genuine smile. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, but that was a lot of fun, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so let us cool. know. You know what? Hit us up on the, uh, I don't care, even in the review section, which guys and girls and family and cats and kittens and dogs and puppies, we need reviews. We're almost at 500 reviews. We're five stars. Drop us in the review. You can just be like, hey, I love this podcast and I ran into this celebrity once and here is my encounter. Or you can go over to the Starving for Pot Instagram page, which is a lot of uh, fun. We haven't even introduced our guest this episode. It's going to be Angelo Sosa from Top Chef, Top Chef All-Stars. I've said it before, Jasmine, you know how I feel about um, Angelo. Yeah. One of the best 
cooks like pound for pound skill wise that I've ever cooked against. Right. Um, I mean, he was just, you know, he, un- unbelievable talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now in San Diego, California. I know. Um, it's like Top Chef uh, Center here. Oh, look. I th- wonder if there's any, are there any like cities that have more than, like what's the city that has the most Top Chefs in it? Is it Chicago? Mm. Probably still. Whew. This is, this is where people this are is top chef, talk Yeah, Top Chef yeah, trivia. Yeah, top okay. Chef fans. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Prize. Prize pack. Prize pack. For sure. Oh, we got a swag. <laughs> Not a, not like the ma- the massive prize pack that you're saving for something. I don't even know what. Gonna, but we got some swag. We're going to send you some swag. So, I don't know. DM us on the Instagram page. Tell yes. us your guess of what city has the most top chef chefs in it. And if you list out the top chef chefs, your prize pack is going to be better. Got it. Now, so you don't want me to answer this for you? Don't answer it. Okay, I won't. You I can give me a guess if you want. but uh, Offline or right now? No, don't tell okay, me. Okay, This it. is going to be trivia. Two top city, chef trivia. I think there are two cities that battle for it, okay. to be honest Top with chef you. trivia. Um, and, and we're it, talking contestants. We're not talking like finalists or anything like that. We're talking just contestants. contestants. That's actually an interesting that's thing. Tough yeah, I'll have to go research that. Yeah. Tough question. You have oh, to this get just Bravo, in. Bravo on this one. I don't even think we know. Uh, it's a review on uh, iTunes right here for Starving for Attention. Here it is. I so enjoy this podcast. It has a diverse set of guests. Very enjoyable. I loved hearing about CJ Jacobson. I also enjoyed the Jet Tila episode. Yeah. Keep it up. Your chemistry is great and fantastic. This is from Shugal5525. Shugal, thanks for throwing down on the review. That's amazing. Uh, You know what else has been amazing? One, I've been trying to stop saying the word amazing. Okay. Uh, This new Impossible Burger. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. It's coming. Well, I mean, it's been around, but you're talking about the Impossible Whopper. It's an Impossible Whopper. Now- It's launching this week. Truth be told, this is a big question. Do you prefer Whoppers or Big Macs? And I have to—I don't even know the last time I've had one. You're like—I feel like you already head. know. I feel like we've had this discussion in our in our lives before. Uh, I'm Whopper 100% all day, every day, mm. because of the mayonnaise. Okay, I hear you, but there, there. Well, uh, you know, is there mayonnaise in Big Mac sauce? I think there probably, probably has but to I, be. I'm a purist. I like mayonnaise. But like, if you mix mayonnaise and ketchup, you're close to Big Mac sauce. Sure. And someone out there just was gasped because that's not yeah. really true. We've I've done Pickles. extensive studies. Yeah. Uh, listen, we can save the Whopper versus Big Mac for another episode. But this Impossible Whopper. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, I'm. I like. I don't. I'm. I don't. I'm all about saving the world and eating less meat and that's all true. of the ethos that come with the Impossible that angle Burger. Of it. Yes. But I just want the. I'm just. I just want the meat in the Whopper. To so be honest, I, I, I would like I, real meat. I saw someone say it well. If you're gonna eat one every day. For your health and for the environment and the world, it's probably better to eat the impossible one every day. You know? Just oh, the impossible whopper, truly. right? If I'm going to have the last whopper of my life and like the next day I'm going to get hit by a train or something, I'm having the real whopper. Ooh. You know? Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. And I'm on like a one to two whopper we had a year. Wh- I remember thing, we had maybe? a whopper. We shared a family whopper. Some sometime recently in the last three years, we were driving somewhere weird in California. Yeah, and you made <laughs> us do that thing where we're like a family of four split one whopper, which like which is great, which, which, which makes is, it like sixty, calori- 60 exactly. calories a piece, like it's a which, good deal. Which is understood. I you know because I've done some consulting for burger places before. I did at one point sneak into a burger shop and in, a, a Burger King in Encinitas and just eat one by myself. But it was yeah. months and months ago, and it was absolutely delicious. Uh, Abby Jacobson, Angelo Sosa. Kobe Bryant, all amazing stories. You know what else has a lot of stories, Jasmine? What? Every car. Every car comes with its oh. share of stories. Yes, definitely. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date. Remember your first date? 
Jasmine, when you pick them up on your scooter, yeah. uh, the luxury package you got after a big promotion or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with TrueCar, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to TrueCar, simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation in Moonroof? Watch as they bump up your value. High mileage? You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True Cash offers not available in all areas. Jasmine Blaze, starving for attention listeners. Here's Angelo Sosa. Good to see you, man. Cool. Awesome. It's been too long. It has been. I feel like every time you're around, like we're in the same space, we just never like physically connect. Right? We're connecting right now, dude. But now we're like live like we're we're neighbors. That's right. Are you do you live up here near the restaurant or five minutes away, uh Encinitas, yeah. Okay. So I moved out here what about a year and a half ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like obviously it's amazing, dude, right? Yeah. Um, what, what did you, uh, I, I know why I came out to Southern California, same sort of thing. You're just looking for a lifestyle or why, why'd you come out here? Uh, definitely life. I mean, being here. Wow. The lifestyle is insane, right? It is. You got to be careful. Like I know you're, you're not a native Californian. Not at all. Right. You're an East coaster as well. New England. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so like you, but you, it, I, you, the way you said that is it, there is this almost like you, you're, you're like the lifestyle out here is so amazing, but you don't want to just be like, Hey, it's, so great here and, and, and not so many other places, right? Like there's that. But, but it's easy to. <laughs> exactly, right. It's, it's easy to fall into that sort yeah. of like, uh, oh, yeah, California is just awesome. The weather's great, all of that sort of stuff. But it's true. Especially coming from New York. I mean, New York, obviously, the energy, the pulse is just so dope, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, food scene's incredible. Yes. Right? You get a, an amazing meal like at midnight, right? Yeah. Um, it's just different here. You know, yeah. it's peaceful. Live near the beach into like meditation and yoga now. Ooh. But bottom line is I just want to move closer to my son. Right. Uh, he's in San Francisco. Uh, so this is closer right. to New which York. Right, which is a drive. I think a lot of people who aren't from the West Coast don't realize that like, you could drive to San Francisco from L.A. or San Diego. Like it's not ideal, but it's, it's, it's still a, it's a short day trip. Oh, man. And up the 101 is just mind-blowing. Like going through like Big Sur, it's just magical. Have you spent some time? Up in that, that like uh, central Monterey, California, Monterey, it's just yeah. honestly, I think it's like one of the seven wonders of the world. It's I, just I agree magical. with you. We did that when we first came out here, and it's one of those things, you know, as people are planning vacations, like you just got to drive up the coast of California. That's that's a, a week or two of its own of just absolute majesty when it comes to like the visuals. Oh yeah, right. Um, it, it's really amazing because California is so diverse, right? I mean, look at San Diego, right? We have the wine region, we have the beach, right? right. Then you go to, was it Big Bear, right? You have sure, skiing. Sure. And then you go to Monterey. It's just like a little bit more temperate in climate, right? And then you have the, the forest, right? like Yosemite. It's just magical. Yeah, right? I think it was, I might have even been like one of those first early like Top Chef auditions because we, we auditioned in LA like my first season. Like I remember coming out here and this the driver's like, you can surf or ski, bra in two hours. You can get, you can be in the desert, you can be in the ocean, or you can be sliding down a mountain. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, the geographical diversity is something. But you had mentioned this, like as someone who spent so much time in New York City, like yourself, yeah. Like, and you and you use the word dope, which I love. Like, bring back mid '90s hip hop words, oh, yeah. like dope meaning cool. Like, um, don't you miss though, like the fact that you can go get food at 1 a.m. and like the energy. I miss pizza, dude. Oh, this is <laughs> this is true. 
I, mean, I had Jive- a hard time for the first year, like like scouring San Diego looking for amazing pizza. Yeah, like, like you're. By the way, he went from like having like a, a, a Angelo's face now is like pretty serious. Like this is a serious, this yeah. is a serious issue. Th- this was a mission, right? I right. remember flying back to New York, arriving. You know, I think eleven at night and getting a slice of pizza, and I was just in heaven. Right, like it was like two dollars slice of pizza. Like it was just different. You know, yeah. Like I think that's New York City for you. Right? So someone right on in this podcast is listening to you and realizing that like the pizza game is wide open here oh my in gosh. San Diego, at least San Diego, right? I mean, and I'm not an expert in the pizza game. I'm sure there's some places in. Where do you go? You know what? I, I because I've been on this like trying to be able to fit in whatever size shirt you're wearing right now. Like I don't, I'm not eating a lot extra of like small. They're, they're, <laughs> it's definitely extra small. It's definitely that's where I was going, which is also part for the course. For uh, and I say part for the course because it looks like you're about to play some. You're like ready to be an extra in Caddyshack right now. You got the golf. You're saying tennis. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But that that I think that's the beauty of California. So what's awesome is. You know, in San Diego, the weather is so beautiful. You know, there's a lot more outdoor activities versus, you know, I was in New York City and maybe this was just me. I get into that grind, go to wake up, go to work, come back late at night, you know, maybe get, you know, eat at home or take out or whatever, you know, or take in whatever they call it. Right. right. But here I find myself outdoors playing tennis, meditating, you know, like. Well, you say that, though, like like that's not been a part of your persona. Like I know you well enough. Like you've always been incredibly fit. Super athletic, and like you played baseball, I know pretty seriously, I did. right? Yeah. So like that's not a big trend. I mean, you're, there's more time to do it, is what there's you're saying. There's more time, right? Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, there's more time, and there's right? more wild space. Oh yeah, right? but the sun is just inspiring, right? The views are inspiring. Yeah, it's, it, I, this just should be a visit California episode. I'm gonna have right? to hit, hit, them, hit them up. <laughs> Um, this is great for the San Diego but we, and we And I'll, we'll do a picture later, but, like, you literally look like you're ready to head to, you know, the tennis, like, teach a tennis class. I'm, like, dressed like some Encinitas skater who just is, like, tripping down the block. Or you're just hooping, dude. I, or, yeah, or I'm just balling. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good um, uh, dual sort of contrasting yeah. California look yeah. I think we got going on I right love now. watching some of your videos with your kids, right? Being, what are you, the coach? Right? I do coach some yeah, sports. I like, that. I've really... Um, really fallen in love with the like it's the one thing and it kind of goes into the meditation it's like the one thing that i do because you know me i'm pretty anxious dude mm-hmm. right like we've we've spent a lot we mm-hmm. live together for a number of weeks mm-hmm. right um like i'm always anxious right so like my meditation is almost like youth sports and like the coaching aspect of it because it's the one time besides when i'm running like long distance that i'm not like thinking about anything else like you know like everything else is off to the side i'm not worried about emails i'm not worried right. about restaurants i'm right. not worried about appearances whatever it is i'm just worried about running the 2 3 zone sure uh, you sure. know <laughs> and and competing in a friendly level and uh yeah, I think I'm going to try and coach some lacrosse this upcoming spring oh, that's and like awesome. my wife's getting ready to coach soccer so like we're in it which is kind of you know crazy people are like where do you find the time but like it's just it's kind of joy it's kind of like a, a hobby at yeah. this point and it's for your kids too right it's it like is for the family it is for the kids, but to be honest, I also like, and this might be weird um, because my kids are just starting to play lacrosse. I'm a massive lacrosse fan, but I've been thinking like, is it weird if you coach youth sports and your kids aren't on the team? Does that get weird? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's how, that's how much I like it though. Like, it's like, oh, you're making a difference. And like you, as an athlete, you know, like yeah. you probably had some coaches or parents who, um, you know, really sort of inspired you. Oh my gosh. Right. Big time. Right. Do you, was there a, is, there a, is there a transfer from, like, sports to cooking, you think? A transfer to sports to cooking. Wow. 
Or like um, mentorship, coaching. Yeah, I mean the way you manage. One hundred percent leadership, mentorship. I mean, I think of uh, when I played little league, the coach then. I mean, he was so he he didn't have any children. He just like he was enamored with mentoring, right? And I think it right. teaches you one to be present, like present for. I think the correlation to cooking and sports or baseball for me was being present to that at bat or present right. to that stealing the base, right? And I think when you could just be present, like you could really create something really profound. Right. Okay. Yeah. So wow, you you're really in you're deep into the meditation game. <laughs> By the way, quick little well, note. You you yeah. run, like that's a form of meditation. For right? sure. Like I admire that about you. Like I was always wondering because you have a crazy you have a crazy schedule. You travel right. a lot. Like As how do. does Richard stay grounded? Well, you know, I mean, my Jasmine, who will be doing the open with us, and it's just sad that she can't uh, be with you right now because we're big fans. Um, you know, she would say that I don't. I don't I'm not grounded at all, you know. Um, I, for me, like running is another one at a certain distance, not even early, but like where I just sort of unintentionally just sort of lose track of like the world. And like, you know, you're worried about just breathing, right? Mm. Which is like in meditation that, or yoga, mm-hmm. that's what you're, you're learning how to breathe. Oh, yeah. Right? Like that's my... The simplest definition of yoga is learning how to breathe. 100%, dude. Um, so why Jasmine should be here because she'd have a lot more to say uh, <laughs> at this moment. Um, but I also I remember this weird moment, again, not to say too much on sports, but where you and I did an event somewhere in maybe Arizona. Arizona. Or, it was Arizona. Yeah. And we went to hit some golf balls. And, like, you were stroking these golf balls. Like, you, I mean, you know, 300 yard plus. And is that just from baseball? That was, was like, fun. I think that was it's impressive. that baseball swing, right? So you just got to go as opposed to more horizontal. I'm going downward, right? But I have long, you know, I'm 6'3". I have long arms right. too, so. 6'3 in an extra small shirt. <laughs> uh, but, and, oh, but, 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 but super athletic. I mean, I said this actually last week we had uh, Brian Malarkey was the podcast episode last week. And your name came up because we we're talking about the local restaurant scene, et cetera. Uh, and I say this not just in podcasts, but like. Your athleticism helped me on Top Chef All Stars, like because it's a it is a there's a physicality to mm-hmm. competitive cooking that like I don't think a lot of people think about when they're watching the show and they're like oh you have to run a hundred yards or you know there, there's there's an actual physical stamina component oh, yeah. to it endurance and like obviously it's competition but there's an athleticism to it and I remember chasing you down you know the aisles of a Target or something years ago thinking like wow I can't. I know. I, if it comes down to a sprint, if if this whole thing comes down to a sprint between Angela and I, I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna win. And even in the in, even in the analogy, maybe if I had sandals on. <laughs> no, right, exactly. Nice. See, see, I like how you do have for someone though who's so zen. Yeah. Like you, you, there's a little smack talk. There's I a little love, New York um, smack. I love smack um, like internal like comp- like I love being around sports. Like I'm a huge Warriors fan. Like right. I adore. Where did that happen? You're oh a, you, gosh, you're, you're you're you should be a Celtics fan or a Knicks fan. No man, I admire. St- I saw Steph Curry the other day, dude. Yeah, yeah, he was in town oh, uh, man, opening up that was a restaurant. So yeah. crazy dope for me. Uh, and I just love like this fixation of being like an expert of your craft. And I think somebody like Steph. It's going to turn into a whole Warriors talk. Yeah, like fine. He's just a, like an, he, not only is he humble and gracious, but he is just mastered his craft. It's just like artistic for me, you know? Yeah. So are you saying you're the Steph Curry not of the all. cooking world? Not at all. You, you I, have, I think you're more the Steph Curry than not I Not at all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I admire sports. I admire like, because it's not only about like making a basket. It's about endur- the game has changed. Like all of, like all sports have changed. Like look at, did you watch the, was it Wimbledon? Yeah. Federer and... You know, like that was insanity. They went for five Djokovic, hours. Yeah. Djokovic? Yeah. Uh, I didn't say that because I didn't know how to say that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> F- 
five hours. What is he? Djokovic is 32. Federer is 37. Like, that's endurance. Yeah. That's stamina. That's focus. And that's what I love about cooking is, like, you know, like, we have a somewhat of a similar background. We, You know, I work for Jean-Georges. You work for Thomas Keller, right? Right, yeah. There's a level of focus and commitment and dedication and stamina you need to have working those hours. Well, it's right? kind of like when you work for, like, a Jean-Georges, like, which I, you know, I give – he's got to be – have been such a big influence on your cuisine, right? And we had uh, – an episode with Gregory Gordet as yeah. well, who I know worked with you. Oh, he's amazing. Right? Uh, Love this guy. And I see this, and actually having judged him on Top Chef, having competed against you, there is a similarity. So obviously, like, you, ha- you both picked things up yeah. from, like, the influence of uh, JG. Uh, but it's, like, it, it's kind of like working for the Yankees, right? Using, like, the sports metaphor. Sure. Like, you're working for a great, whether it's the Yankees or Notre Dame or whatever, the Warriors, you're a part of a great franchise when oh, you work man. with those systems. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's really interesting because I, I really kind of just kind of switching paces. Like if you look at the Yankees, like they don't have names on the back of the jerseys. Like I love that. Like it's more about like the body, the team. Like it's not about the ego. And I think like bringing that to leadership, like or you know, like that's how I like to work. It's not about the arm or the leg or like isolation. It's about working as a team and achieving it. So mm-hmm. I think through the years, kind of like I'm just kind of like all over the place right now. But no. like, one thing I'm learning about myself and like my transformation is, is like so much more powerful for me now. Like, yes, I love cooking, but I love watching people grow. Like the, that legacy of what I could do for somebody in their life is pretty powerful. For yeah. Me. A couple of things to pick up on that one. Did I steal that from you or did you steal that from me? The whole the Yankees without their names on their back. It goes into like the Thomas Keller theory of mm-hmm. we all wear blue aprons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it goes to the uh, the Marco Pierre White comment about mm-hmm. like chefs having their names on their jacket. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, we're all in this together. We're all just cooks. Oh yeah. Or whatever it is, and and keeping the baseball topic going. The, the trains going by. So this is like old Shea Stadium, <laughs> where like the, the, the air, seats the, aren't rattling. Right, like the seats are rattling. The airplane goes yeah. over uh, from Laguardia. Just took off. It went over the mound. That's the pitcher right, has to step off for a second. Um, and, but you're right. I, I think it means we're old, dude. In a way that like now yeah. like we're – because you're like with, with all of the growth that like I'm experiencing as well, it's, it's watching you know, cooks become chefs and watching yeah. servers become managers and managers become directors of this and that. Uh, it, or or we're, I guess we're good people too. Older good I people. So. About watching like uh, you know, the, the young – people come up and, and, and accomplish things. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing because um, I feel like when I was in my early 20s, it was such like tunnel vision. Like I need, you know, I want to become a chef. And the other day I'm like thinking like, wow, I'm, now I'm a chef. Like what's next, right? And for me, I guess I'm in the business of breakthroughs. Like I want every single staff member here in my kitchen in the front to have a breakthrough in their life. And not only in cooking or not only, you know, whatever, serving tables, but have something powerful impacted in their life. I think that's... You know, now, how do you find that? So for me, I just directly I'll ask that question like in an interview or when I first get to know a, a young cook or, a, or an employee or someone I'm working with even just for a day on the road. You know, I'll ask them, what do you want to do? You know, three years, five years. How do you find out? And does it and, and seemingly it doesn't matter to you if one of your employees wants to open up a T-shirt shop, open up a taco truck or be a fine dining chef. 
Not at all. So how do you find out their passion? Well, at the bottom line, I mean, you know, this day and age, you know, I just have to come to terms like people that come, you know, work here at Death by Tequila. Like, are they, you know, do they want to be service for their, you know, manager? Are they in the hospitality industry? I don't know. Maybe they have side businesses. Maybe they want to, one of our staff run services a, has a uh, creative business. She makes jewelry. But when she's here, it's really powerful because my whole philosophy is like we have the power to transform somebody's atmosphere. So it says more about you, your character than, you know. Like, that's really important who you are and how you're impacting the world. Like, right. Like, it's not a negative. Where maybe, though, when we were younger, and I'm just speaking for myself, but, like, when we, when we did work for these, you know, more, and more starchy systems, yeah. if someone came in and they said, hey, I'm a jewelry maker. Sure. But I want to do this as well. We probably wouldn't have had the same thoughts on that person as we do now. Sure. Is it because the world's changed or we just got older? I probably got wiser, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like wiser is better yeah. than older. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a lot wiser, dude. <laughs> yeah. All, we all I don't have. even recognize myself. You know, right. like, that's pretty awesome. I think, you know, yeah, I think um, it's just so beautiful. It's like a, a child watching them grow, watching your kids grow, watching my son grow. I just get so like, I just get so like enamored and in love with that, that it's just beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, I mean, you haven't changed much, chef. You're, you're, the, you're the same dude. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Hey, want a podcast? Got a podcast? Then check out Launchpad DM powered by Podcast One. Launchpad DM is a totally free platform and service for anyone who wants to podcast, offering unlimited hosting and access to a dashboard with all of your show's analytics you own and control everything, including subscribers. And it's a great discovery tool to help people find your podcast. You may even get invited to join the official Podcast One roster, which I am on, with even more perks like access to producers, marketers, sales teams, and more. Sign up today at launchpaddm.com. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. How do you feel like your time like on Top Chef in the in the in the spotlight of food media what are you where are your thoughts right now are you are you sort of done with it or is something that you're still doing something that like you you know like it's it's an interesting (laughs) it's an interesting moment right because it has changed and like Mm -hmm. we were in we were in it in like the the you know the hot part of it Mm-hmm. So, or am I done with what? Like reality know, like, TV, like, yeah, reality TV, TV or... uh, food competition? Uh, <clears throat> you know, tough question. Tough yeah, question. That is, that is tough. I, let me let me put put it this way. I'm not done with it per se. What I'm done with is it, it it's, might sound a little strange to you. It's not about the winning that I'm focused on. I think before maybe that was for my ego. Like I need to win. I have to win. You know, like I have to do all these things. Right there formulate that that expectation now i just want to i want to experience it you know what i'm saying like i want to experience it i want to learn like i think just i want to have that camaraderie right i think i want to have that relationship and the connectivity not only to food but to the people that i'm experiencing that with right does that make sense yeah i mean is it um is it and like i think you have to learn at some point like i have and like you have uh, like you're going to win and lose in life, right? Yeah. And, and, and so many different ways, just like sports, which is the thing that doesn't really transfer to bring it all back around to the sports thing is like as chefs, you're not really taught like how to lose correctly. And like, you know, whether it's a, an episode on a food network show or whatever, like in the restaurants, there's no like real judge of winning or losing unless like the restaurant doesn't work out. That's right. Um, That's right. Cause you're saying like, you're really, are you more comfortable with like, 
the, the process of it more than just the winning or yeah, losing. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you nailed it right on the head. It's like it's not. I think who's to say what a win and what a loss is? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, just because you won, did you really win? You know, like I'll, I'll do a great analogy, sporting analogy. Yeah, yeah. So my tennis coach, right? He said to me, he's like, you're not going to play for points for a year. And I'm like, well, what, why? You know, because, and he's like, well, once you start playing for point, points, one, that's for your ego. Two, you stop learning. I was like, that makes so much sense for me. Just learn the technique, play for the love of it, and really just fine-tune and finesse the technique. Right. And I th- it makes a lot of sense for me. Mm. I'm trying to think if there is something in the cooking world that's that way. Like, uh, I guess there is. Is, is it sort of like... Um, well, you have to be concerned about ticket times, right? I'm yeah, trying to yeah, think. Because yeah. one thing in the food world, like we don't have in the sports world, is like points. It's why even like a show like Top Chef, it's tough at the end because it's more, it's not even figure skating or gymnastics because yeah. there they do a certain trick and they get, uh, someone's going to get mad at me because I said trick. They do, they do a certain skill and then they get, <laughs> they get points for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in Top Chef, everything is so sort of, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a specific judge right it's 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 one person's opinion on something sure um i'm trying to think in the food world if you're if you're cooking what that is i i think i have something maybe this is for everybody but i think it pertains to the cooking like i just look at it as you know if somebody comes in like where did you work oh i worked here and i've had 10 years of experience i'm like okay well let me see what your experience was Mm. like where did you work so i think that you know i think experience the quality of the experience so i think for like if i were to do re- top chef or reality tv or whatever that competition show i think it's about that quality of the caliber of people that i'm doing it with right, right. does that make sense yeah, yeah that makes sense um I'm, or or i'm thinking about maybe what about sandbagging i'm trying to try sandbagging. and find you know you know the old term like uh where if you're cooking one dish you sort of get it five of them or six of them ready yeah, yeah, come on! You've competed with me. We've, yeah, yeah. we've sandbagged okay. a few things, I'm sure. So where the a line cook mentality might be like, oh, I know five steaks are coming in, so I'll start five steaks before, oh, sure. the, before the ticket comes in. Sure. Um, or reheating is, them in a the microwave so is, is that sandbagging? Ooh, that that's a different level. <laughs> I feel like that's. Yeah, I that's, will admit I've done that. Yeah, yeah. Once okay, there you go. Like, there you go. But that's actually that's actually really smart though, right? Like because uh, of the way that the microwave also cooks. Like you're kind of cooking from yeah. the middle first. So That's wait, right. you're, are we talking about steak specifically here or protein or just, Ooh. I'm just I saying, mean, cause this is really interesting. Like I'm not against, I'm not anti-microwave. I'm not anti either. Right. So like if you cooked a steak, wilting greens could be dope. A hundred percent. So I'm, I'm, if you cook a steak in the microwave for, let's say two minutes first and then throw it on the grill, there's a sort of sous vide sort of like similarity there. So many, so many <laughs> chefs and cooks are listening to this yeah, right now. Yeah. They're like, but I feel like this is a genuine like, uh, like moment we're having here. But we're creating is, a process that you've obviously done before. Well, I thought a lot. Of, I mean, I thought right. a lot about it. Okay. Right. And where do I stand on it? But I'll tell you, the other about a month ago, we put a dish on the menu of pork belly. This is so cool. Mm-hmm. We we brine the pork belly in fish sauce. Mm-hmm. Okay, forty eight mm-hmm. hours we brine it. Right. Super smart. Fish and it sauce doesn't is pick salty. up. It's got flavor. It doesn't pick up the fishiness, which is so cool. Okay. Right. And then we wrap it in banana leaf. Right. Um, so get this. So after the fi- after the pork belly's done, braised, roasted, right? I put it into the fryer because I remembered when on a Top Chef All Star Challenge, you fried the lamb. Right. Right. It was like lamb do you chops, that? pork belly, exactly. fry everything. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm not, especially yeah, yeah. in a time. It's just genius. It makes so much sense. Why would you not, you know, fry mm. something in fat, fat on fat? Right. It makes sense. Yeah, I love this. I love this conversation we're having because like the microwave is a tool. It's not, yeah. it's how you use it. Yeah. The fryer is another one though. It's kind of yeah. another interesting. It's like, 
Is it a? It's not a sellout move to fry something. What about pressure cooking? Everybody. I mean, I think there's so many stigmatisms of like that's you know for the home cook. Like, no, it's pretty practical and makes a lot of sense. And yeah. it involves a lot of technique. I think. Well, first of all, the pressure cooker. I always say this. I think is the most important tool for those of you who are getting ready to go on a season of Top Chef or some Food Network show or Guys Grocery Games or Chopped or whatever. Maybe not Chopped because the time is so small. But the pressure cooker. Yeah. Short ribs in 25 mm-hmm. minutes. You know, chicken stock in 15, whatever it is, there's so many valuable mm-hmm. uses of it. We should all stop looking at a, the microwave or the fryer or anything and say, that's not fine dining, right? I think that would be a brilliant challenge, a microwave challenge. Mm. Yeah. That Why would be, like yeah. create a meal from a microwave. Because it is. Uh, I should have a microwave. We should both have microwave endorsements right now. But uh, it's not the tool. It's, how, it's, how, it's what goes into the microwave that's usually the issue. If it's super local pork belly that's then been you know marinated in homemade fish sauce and then fried in you know chicken fat or whatever and now mm-hmm. we're just you know mm-hmm. making up some crazy dish but it's it's the tool and i you know what i'm gonna bring it back to steph curry like love it i mean you're a basketball fan obviously like at some point the number said it makes more sense to shoot more three-pointers right Right, like if you shoot more three, if your if your shooting percentage is thirty eight percent from the three point line, this is why there's mm-hmm. so many threes in the NBA. Mm-hmm. A lot of like old school basketball heads will be like, the game's changed. It's not played in the paint anymore. No, statistically, mm-hmm. what's changed is the data. Mm-hmm. One, the, I mean, the athletes you could argue are getting a little bit better, but that's an argument. Uh, but like the data's changed. The data says if you shoot more three pointers, you have a greater chance to win. Mm-hmm. Therefore, our team will shoot more three pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what I'm saying is the microwave and the fryer are the, <laughs> that's the getting th- wiser, yeah, Richard. <laughs> that's, that's the three point line yeah, yeah, in competitive yeah. cooking, the yeah. pressure cooker, the fryer, like yeah. it's, it's kind of true. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like, let, let's just look at sous vide, right? Sous vide is like a con- right, circulated water in a controlled right. environment, right? Fryer, right? You could turn that thing down to 200, 225, 250, control the environment and just the slow poach. Gonna come back. You could do a confit in there. Right. Put you duff fat. Put could lard in there. Put, take out the oil and put in water. That's right. Right? That's what, that was one of my first jobs on Long Island at a little Italian restaurant where I was blown away. I didn't know it because I was like a young cook. But like they had a fryer that they just filled with water and turned it up. And it was just a pasta. It was the pasta cooker. But like... Now, like once I realized what they were doing, I was like, that's that's pretty amazing. <clears throat> they basically created hip hop. Right. It's yeah. like we plugged in two ta- turntables. <laughs> I'm giving them much more credit than they deserve. But uh, it's 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 changing something yeah. to make a new sound, make yeah. a new noise, cook a, do- a new broth. type of food. Even broth. Right. Poaching something in a broth. Right. So what in the uh, in the fryer? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I mean, 100 percent. Yeah. So are you going to do that tonight? Or are we yeah, sounds like it. Right. I have this concept of a shabu shabu. Uh, I was just, oh my god, dude! I just was thinking shabu shabu when you said this. So I made one yesterday. So we we um, sous vide octopus, right? Uh-huh. With garlic and thyme. Oh, right? the best way, only way to cook octopus. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Okay, one eighty five, four hours. I take that liquid, all those like sexy juices from the octopus. Yes, right. And I made this. I added kaffir, so I strained it. Made ca- added kaffir lime, thyme, Thai chili, fish sauce to it. Some yuzu in some lime juice, brought that to a simmer, almost like a shabu shabu broth. And I took mango mm-hmm. and I dipped the mango in. Yeah. And it was just like the mango was so like unctuous and meaty. It was just like, oh, my God, Ooh. this is like so sexy. Oh, I love that. I'm wearing a Tony Bourdain shirt under this. And that uh, reminds me of the time when Bourdain went to El Bulli mm-hmm. and he went to the lab. 
which I've been, I was lucky enough to have visited once or twice. And that's just me humble bragging. Uh, and they were doing mango and they were like, mango sort of got a similar texture to foie gras. Mm. And I was like, that blew my mind. Like, you know, like, like just these observations. Mm. I also love the fact there that, that this dish is mango kind of flavored with octopus. Mm. So it's like, right, your dish is a, it's a, it's a fruit or a, you know, a vegetable dish and there's meat in it, but it's not a meat forward dish. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's the future of like, you know, with everything, especially now, listen. I, I, could walk, I, I don't even know this block. I've been here a couple of times, but I guarantee you there's four acai shops on here. There's right two, next door. <laughs> there's, there's two yoga studios. There's all sorts of things. Yeah. There's a mindfulness shop. Sure. Um, is, is, are we, is, it plant, is plant-based cuisine the, new, the yeah. new thing? It's very interesting. I actually stopped eating. I had meat the other day, but I hadn't eaten meat for three months now, right? So I think um, one thing, and I don't know if it's California or San Diego, right. SoCal, um, but I think people are much more conscious of what they're ingesting, right? Uh, I think just from more, I mean, I know for me, it's more like starting to connect to the humane, like the humanity of it, right? Right. Of how we're doing it. So I, in, in all real, realness, I think we need to be a little bit more stricter of how we treat these animals. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. a little bit more compassion and kindness to them, right? So that's one thing. But two, SoCal, like look at the ingredients here. Like right. this is a chef's playground. Like I, th- there's a culinary movement here. It's just ridiculous. Like if you really think about it, I believe we're on a similar latitude as the south of France. Right. Like, the terroir here is ridiculous. The product, the produce is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. So why would you not? I see. Eat- I love this because you're the first. Pro- we this comes up a lot on the podcast is the New York chef specifically. Who when I would tell them, and this is a, uh, I remember telling one of my New York chef friends about. Like I was using strawberries in January, right? And they were like, "That's, you know, horrible." Like I've lost all respect yeah, for you. Shunned upon, right? Right. Yeah. It was like, no, no, they're actually <clears throat> in season. And like this chef would not believe me mm-hmm. that like that was in season. Like, no, it's not in season. Like, yes, it is. The seasons are different. So like when you do come to California, especially from like New York, it, it does change the way you cook. Do you think that there's a negative to it though? Too like meaning like I struggle with like the end of summer fall period where it's like hard squashes and tomatoes and fit like it's almost like the two seasons that in my mind just because i was trained that way like oh it's time to go from tomatoes to hard squash as the example like these 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 lap these carryover schizophrenic right like i felt very confused like there was blueberries in january i'm like what the heck is going on right now like i felt like i understand what you're saying like we get fixated into like pro we're programmed right? right to think this way and i think that's awesome like that actually even brings us back to like why like meditation or running or breathing like being present to what's being produced right like formulating creativity upon that yeah but it could uh yeah it can make you anxious is yeah for me like again going back to my issues (laughs) like it makes you it makes me anxious it's like because um i tend to do better when i know here are the rules we're only using these types of ingredients Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know it's why i think i've performed generally well on like Mm -hmm. competitions because like i play well in a box when you open the box up for me and it's like you can grab whatever you want Mm -hmm. uh i don't do Hmm. necessarily that well wow i would have thought the opposite i i think when you're creative yourself too like you, you can go anywhere like how do you determine like again i know that your food is in here it's um it's obviously uh, Latino influenced, mm-hmm. Mexican influenced, mm-hmm. right? But you're also like a master of Asian cuisine the way, mm-hmm. I, the way I know your food. Mm-hmm. Like how do you, if you're just cooking for your own, you're making dinner, how do you choose? Like, you know, what part of the world, especially you because your food is so global. Mm-hmm. And like, I, truly, I'm not saying this just because like, you're in front of me. Like I talk so much about how like great your cuisine is. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wouldn't have won Top Chef All-Stars, by the way, if you weren't there pushing mm-hmm. me. 
You know what I mean? Because like your food is just like, like I would never think to put dill next to, you know, cilantro and basil. Mm. But like that's obviously something that happens in, you know, a mm-hmm. uh, portion of Vietnamese cuisine mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Right. So how do you choose? How do you how do you know where to like here? Obviously, it's more of a Latino influence. Mm-hmm. But Baja, what if you're Baja, right? Modern Baja. Baja. Right. So, so you do you need that? Do you need yeah. even like this? The, the, the speck of Baja to be like, no, this is the cuisine of Baja. Like it's not central Mexico. It's not. Yeah. But think about this, Richard. This is just really like a dope, cool conversation. Right. So what's really beautiful. I think first and foremost, all cuisine is fusion. Right. There's influences. Right. It's it's all like l- l- let's talk about Baja, right? Mexican. There's there's Spanish influence. There's French influence. Of course, there is actually Asian influence, right? right? There is immigrants that go to Baja, right? Asian Asian immigrants that go to Baja with maybe with the intention of crossing the border, and they just don't. So then they they build a little enclave down there, and there's Asian influence. There's turmeric. It's a perfect growing region for turmeric, ginger, lemongrass. Like, so I just think what's awesome for me is like fusion, like. That just proves to me that like a lot of chefs are just talk. We're just communicating more and more and more. Right. You know, you know, chefs from Denmark are conversing with chefs from Japan, or Oaxaca are conversing with chefs from wherever it might be. You know, right. it's just like really awesome. But so how do you how do you make the choice of? Uh, I mean, one, you're right. I mean, <clears throat> even <clears throat> Middle Eastern cuisine yeah. in Mexico, like the uh, the whole story of like how Al Pastor started. Sure. To me oh, is man. always pretty pretty fascinating. Like anytime you can combine. Those cultures. So fusion's always been here. Sure. But can there be, can you fuse too many different things? Like, as someone who plays with so many flavors, like, uh, or like if, if the game was, here's yes. three cuisines. I'll give you a prime example. Okay. Yesterday, I just felt like ultra creative. Walked into walk-in, saw banana leaves. Just wanted to step out of my comfort zone. Right. So I saw edamame, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, you know, Asian ingredient, sure. yeah. right? So I was thinking, how could I fuse this to more of a, Baja, if not Mexican style, like just what would I do? So I did an edamame, um, edamame tamal, right. right? Added fish sauce to it, added country ham to it, you know, seasoned it like a little bit more Asian and put it in the format of a tamale. Like right. it was just yummy and, and steamed it in banana leaf. Like it Great. was just yummy and delicious, okay. right? So that's somewhat of, I mean, that's fusion, yeah, right? But, but I don't think it's too there. convoluted. No, but it worked. That was delicious. I mean, has it ever? Uh, do you have any uh, an example that hasn't worked? <laughs> I don't think the podcast is that, that long, dude. <laughs> right? okay. Always, always. Like that. like That's that. part of the process, right? That's yeah. part of the process. Yeah, I always, um, I always say I cook my worst most most of the. I cook my best and my worst for my family, and like because you're when you're when they're like your family, like the people you live with, you know, like they're more likely to tell you too. Like, yeah. Hey, no, Dad. That was too salty. Or, hey, dad, you know, that didn't work. Um, so you're right. But, the, the, the failures are always there, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. There's not a chef who's not making one mistake, although there are a lot who don't talk about them. Oh, yeah. But I think it's just funny as chefs, like when we make something amazing, we always have the spoon and put it in people's mouths, right? But when it's not good, we don't have no, that same no. spoon. <laughs> you're in the corner. Taste this. This is terrible. Like, I'm tasting it a hundred different times. It, and you kind of just walk into the corner and dump it out where nobody's looking and be like, Chef, whatever happened to that dish you're working on? Oh, you know, I didn't have the right ingredients, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I've done that. Wasn't right? feeling it. Just yeah, it's gone. It's all of a sudden all, all remnants <laughs> of that experience. Never happened. Do you have any memories of like, and not in a, uh, not like, oh, that it was horrible, but like some of your mentors, like a Jean-Georges or, you know, of like experimenting and like those moments where like, oh, it wasn't, you know, what it was supposed to be. Oh, I have a good story. I'm not, <laughs> sure. I'm not sure if I should. We st- we will get JG on the podcast. No, so JG, it, okay. it wasn't JG, but okay. 
um, people in I'll the, just in the say team. a sous chef. Uh, at the time when I started Jean George back in the back in the day, um, it was actually pretty exciting. The, sh- the sous chef wanted to do a classical French like ra- rabbit ballantines. You know, a ballantine basically is like a stuffed right, very you know, very traditional exactly French, with like, like a sauce perigodine, which I I don't truffles and exactly. and meat sauce. Thank right? you. Okay. Like, is it a Bordelais? Derivative? Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at us, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so he had like put like all this time. He came in early and he was very secretive about it. But eventually, people just you know some of the cooks caught, caught on of what he was doing because he wanted to impress chef. You know. So I remember him coming in early and he braised it off and did what he had to do and then he went to go taste it. And then it just became like dormant and silent, and he didn't want to talk to anybody. So like everybody's like looking for this bat, this rabbit Ballantine. Right. Little do we know, he like went and put it in the dish pit, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And like totally like hid it and put a pot over it, right? Because right? he didn't want to throw it away in the garbage or whatever. Right. So we all like he ended up leaving for work, and we all go back. Go there back to the dish pit, okay. dude. It was so grotesque and overcooked, and I was just like. After that, it just became like the butt of all the jokes, and then we ended up like just making fun of it. It was just really bad. yeah. But that room seemed like that's yeah. a that's a, that is all could also be looked at as like we're. I don't feel like we're. You shouldn't be like that. In there. like, there's going to be mistakes. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially when it's a R and D session. It's that's part of the evolution. You, that's why you have R and D sessions. Right, but yeah. but in these classic systems, and I've been there as well. Like there's almost like well, if you make that mistake, then the five other sous chefs around you are going to think that you're not as good as they. Like there is a competitive thing inside of those systems yeah. which but isn't I, which which cannot be great sometimes but i think we're kind of like touch upon some of our previous conversation i think we're just in a day and age i think the key to my experience is creativity is just being open open to that process that it's not failure it's just evolution mm-hmm. like i don't believe in failure i just believe in evolution and navigation that it's one step closer to everything happens for a reason it's already predestined so it's just part of the process. So if one of your cooks here at Death by Tequila comes to you with a dish, right? Sort of like, I, I always like this, like, it's kind of like your house cat bringing you a dead mouse, right? Like that, you know, like, <laughs> here it is, chef. Um, you taste it. It's not 100%, you know, for this restaurant or yeah. this thing. How do, you, how do you deal with, like, not, you know, stepping on their creativity, but encouraging them? <clears throat> well, we do that. We do quick fires in the middle of service. Guys, five minutes. This is what I did, in fact, last week. You have three minutes, one spoon, two ingredients that you wouldn't normally put together. Okay. Right? And I yeah. want it harmonious. Yeah. Some guy gave me a pickle and squid ink. I was like, whoa. Like, um, and he's from Atlanta, Georgia, right? right. So definitely no, no stereotype there, but like that's, right. you know, like a little bit more su- – my whole point is more southern cooking, right? right? Um, so he really stepped out of his comfort zone. And right. it was like – after the jarring response of the flavor in my mouth, it actually started to meld and the flavors came together. I'm like, that's pretty genius. Right. I'm like, now, three more minutes, add one more ingredient to this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so I just, I don't know, it's exciting to see that's part of the breakthrough, right? Their breakthrough and their trajectory and evolution, I think, is awesome. Let's unpack this here for a hot second. So, like, we do those at uh, Juniper and Ivy as well, chef, and, and it's not even something I've done. It's, you know, Anthony, who's the executive chef over there started some of the the cooks doing that sort of like quick fire thing do you think you would have which again you learn so much about the cooks because they're cooking the menu most of the time right they're doing mise en place for the menu and unless you're you know in the one of the main sous chefs or whatever you might not be in the the circle of creativity just yet right so it get you get to see and learn a lot about them would you have be having quick fires in your restaurant if you weren't on top chef that's a great question. Or like, would there be, or because it's because it's obviously something where you can say, "I did this," right? Yeah. 
hey, this is my life for, you know, a year of sure. my life. I've done this a hundred times with 20 minutes on the clock and whatever sure. this crazy scenario is. Um, one, I'm curious if we ever would have done that. Probably not. I don't, I don't think I would have. I don't think I'd be yeah. as into it, right. right? It's just like, I think it's exciting. Like, yeah. it's almost like, it's almost like being in the Olympics and you're running a 400 relay it's, or whatever. Like, that, that, that anxiousness and nervousness and butterflies and then the gun goes off, It right? makes like, it sport. Yeah. It makes it sport. 100%. The other side of that is, don't you feel like, um, that that's one of the things that's missing in, like, when you learn to cook is improv, right? The, the, the fact mm. that, like, no, it's a loose ball drill. Right again. I don't know why this is all about sports today. <laughs> Steph Curry, like, baby, you're just throwing the ball out on the court, and two players run out to get it, and like that's more of a game like scenario, anyway. Yeah, because Richard, you know, what's so cool about what we're saying is because I think you're just learning more about your character of how people work outside of their comfort zone, and I think that's the learning, and that goes back to like if would I do competition shows again? Yes, because that's the learning. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yes. The, the, the number one thing I take from it, yes, winning is great. Losing isn't so great. Exposure is awesome. But what did it teach me? It taught me that like pretty much I can cook for 300 people without electricity and barely running water if I need to, right? It, it, it does enable and five to, grains of salt. Five grains. <laughs> five grains. Five grains. Yeah. Five grains, you said, right? Not, okay. You know, uh, I would love to ask you a question because I've always been, I would say I admire, not, you know, you, obviously you're, well, I admire your creativity. So I would love to know, like, on those quick fires, like, what's going, to, like, walk me through or walk yeah. us through, like, what? goes through your head of creativity like how do you go from point a to point c like how do you get there you get there like quickly so i mean so do you so that's kind of an unfair question but um i think and no one usually flips it on me so i like that i appreciate you uh i mean to me it's connecting the dots you know and that's why i found your cuisine so fascinating to me is like the great example is like you know again dill cilantro right Mm -hmm. like it's not a combination that i would use i saw you use it i use it a lot now quite honestly because i saw you use it on the show um so i'm making you know again it's experience i'm making the connections that like oh uh, i know that a tomato works with mozzarella i know that a persimmon is sort of texturally similar to a tomato so therefore Mm. uh persimmon caprese will probably work right um, so like in my mind, I mean, that's just one quick little example. Um, and then, you know, I think technically one of the things, especially when we came back on all stars that I'm always thinking about is then the technical time and ability to execute something, which I think foils so many people on a show like top chef where their pasta is a great example. I'm a great pasta maker. Yes. In a restaurant, when you have time to make the dough, mm. when you have time for the dough to rest, when you have, you know, a, maybe another prep cook to help you roll out the tortellini or whatever it is, that's not going to be something that's going to work in a 20-minute challenge, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, for me, it's those two things, like just connecting the dots classically and then also then taking that algorithm to, like, the execution of it. So uh, is it in that order, though? Is it technique first or connectivity first? It's, it's the dish first, I think, right? It's, okay. it's, so it's connecting, like, I got to figure out what I'm going to do first. And it kind of simultaneously, probably. I mean, I think this is more of, right? We're more like computers than maybe we think. Um, and then sort of working through that, well, it's only a 10 minute challenge, you know, mm-hmm. then I have to do this. And uh, I think a lot of times too, the less amount of time you don't have time to think, which is what we're talking about here too. Like improv is great because like, you're just going to go out there and do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember we did like a nine minute challenge on that mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
like just getting through it mm-hmm. is sort of like a physical barrier. It's like having a trainer, like mm-hmm. you're saying. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't even know I could mm-hmm. make this happen mm-hmm. in nine minutes, but I did, and it's edible, and it's delicious. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if I answered the question. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. I've always wondered what about that. you. Well, actually, okay. one more yeah, question. Okay. What advice would you have to somebody like going on first time, like All to right, show like Top Chef? Let's do this both. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's both answer this one because there's rumors out there. And actually, every Top Chef season now has a number of people, mm-hmm. it seems like, that have already competed on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there's always these chopped championships. Sure. And so, like, so, like, people are in this world now. It's not just one time. Um, but I would say, and I, and I'm going to sound redundant to some of my listeners, but, you know, treat it like we've been saying, treat it like it's a sport, right? Like, um, I, you, I remember you looking in my little moleskin notebook a couple of times, like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I call this the sandwich theory. I remember this conversation. You must've thought I was bananas. Cause this was like early on. We're first meeting each other. And I'm like, my theory is if, if all of this ingredients are using in any dish would taste good on a sandwich, you're probably going in the right direction. Mm. And like, I, I remember like having, like having this conversation with you. So, but, but I had that plan like, well, beforehand that like, Hey, whatever I come up with, I'm going to think about it. Would it work between two pieces of bread? And if, if it does, that means it's probably something most people are going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it has a check mark and I'm going to move forward with that. Um, so my advice would be to practice for it. You know, I always say like, if it's going to be Top Chef, as an example, go to Whole Foods and look in the aisles because you're going to spend a decent amount of time at Whole Foods. And it's not like ordering from your meat vendor. You're going to have to be the first one maybe to get to the meat counter. So you should probably do some sprints and getting prepared. <laughs> do some wind sprints. <laughs> you should do some wind sprints. God forbid someone yeah. like you shows up that's actually fast. You're not. So then you got to know I'm not going to get to the <clears throat> meat counter first. Right, like I mean, I loved I so, loved the game of Top Chef. I had a strategy. Can of I interrupt you, you there, please. So this was my strategy. I don't know if I should reveal this. You right? have to if now. It's ten back, years uh, in the past. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's almost a decade. Right. Um, so I would always before they would you know say go or start, they'd be like, "Does anybody have to use the bathroom?" I yeah. Would, I would even if I didn't have to go, I'd always say yes, mm-hmm. and I would take my time and always go by the protein counter, always, and I would just take the longest time and just formulate the dish. In my head already. 100%. So this is also like, if, for those of you who have not been in the experience, there's always the moment too where legally everyone has to oh, agree. supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone has to say, these are the goals, right? No, this is the rules, right? So everyone raises their hand and they have it on film so that you can't say, oh, this, was, this wasn't real, right? And it is real. Um, but there's also, every, and this is, I think, a group strategy of competitors where it's just like everyone then asks a question. Even if it's just like a silly question, like, uh, you know, what time is it? <laughs> and it's really <laughs> just to them. try and give us a couple more seconds of time <clears throat> to possibly think. I think that's genius. But, I mean, and everyone has their own mm-hmm. version of what that is. But, yeah, it takes a little time to think about it. I mean, yeah. all of these shows. I always say that whether it's Chopped, Guys Grocery Games, Top Chef, they're all different races. Sure. Sprints, marathons, obstacle courses, whatever. And uh, you, got, you got to prepare for yourself. So now what's your advice? Someone's coming on this upcoming season of Top Chef, which is going to film in the fall. Sure. And um, keep it simple and um, commit. But, yeah. And commit. Com- you got to commit to the idea. So you got to, even if it's a bad idea, just commit to it because you have to realize there's other people competing and their dish just might be worse. So just commit to it. The, okay. Again, genius as usual. Committing is, a t- is, the t- is one of the tough things because you only have, again, you might only have two minutes yeah. to commit, yeah. but you have to commit. And I would, echo, I would add on to that just one thing. Commit with a plan B. 
Mm. And like a plan B is a plan B and C sometimes because sometimes something's not you. You should be prepared. What is it called? I forget what it's called in the military, but like something is going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. So then what is going to be plan Mm -hmm. B from that? What could be plan C for that? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, if I overcook my protein, grind it up. If you know, because like you can you can fix a lot of things by grinding it up, chopping sure. it up small, changing the texture yep. or something, and you should have those plans yep. of like this might go wrong. I'm going to add on to your add on, see it through because you have to realize too if there's ten other however many other chefs that still they might they might have just mentally just given up and like not followed through. So just follow through, season it right. Even if the fish is overcooked, put the sauce on top of it versus on the side of it. Like be dynamic and manipulate the strategy at the end. So yeah. plating is everything. Oh man, I want to go back now. I want to go. I want to go compete. <laughs> Not, not with you because that was too no. hard. Um, but I think well, we're, we're doling out lots of lessons. We should come back. Can you come back on the pod and do an episode where we're just breaking down maybe like the next season of Top Chef, like what people should be looking out for? It's a good episode. And yeah. also, too, just getting back to Steph Curry and the, 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 the ball, the game Always. of basketball is mm-hmm. the game. People are just getting taller, leaner. You know, Giannis is now, I'm sure this year, he'll start hitting more three-pointers, right? Um, the game's getting quicker, faster, people becoming more agile. So you got to have like the Clay Thompson or Steph Curry's or Trey Young, like quicker releases, right? The game's changing. Right. So how do we stay ahead of it? Nice. So what's the quicker? So you're, you're suggesting that there's a quicker release in competitive cooking. We got to sit down and talk about right. it. Yeah. Bring your own fish sauce. <laughs> and Dell and Salon. Yeah, that's what, what he's saying is pack, pack your own fish sauce. Angela Sosa, near the end of the podcast, you want to play a quick little game? Sure. Okay, so this is going to be called, your restaurant here is called Death by Tequila. That's right. By the way, everyone that I run into locally is talking about this restaurant. Like people who don't even know me, I'm just randomly meeting, have you been in this place? So like you're killing it. Cool. You're doing Thank a great you. job. Your skills are impressive. You know, you know I love you. Uh, so this is going to be Death by Blank, right? So I'm going to give you two other items instead of Death by Tequila or chocolate. And you're going to have to choose which one. Go. Okay. So would you rather uh, have Death by Mochi or Boba? <laughs> they both sound totally awkward. I like boba, dude. Okay, you yeah. can go boba because there's a lot they can death sit in your bo- stomach. <laughs> We're going death by boba. I've been going all the boba I order. I go light on the actual boba because those things are pretty gelatinous, right? They can <laughs> hang in there. Uh, death by boba. Okay, this one I think if you know Angelo and and we'll take a picture after this, you'll know exactly where I'm going here. Death by skinny jeans or neck scarf. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, what size are the skinny jeans? <laughs> I mean, a, a half a size. Is smaller. there a print? Uh, <laughs> a half a size smaller than the ones you're. Then you normally should wear. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'll take the skinny jeans. Okay, death by skinny jeans. Uh, death by Jean Georges or Tom Colicchio. Oh, JG. Okay, there you go. Because yeah. it'll be like at least uh, like you know there'll be some feelings. Involved. Yeah, he's okay. a father figure. There you go. Okay, death. <clears throat> this one is death by tacos, but more specifically, death by crispy tacos or soft tacos. Ooh, soft. Oh, this is potentially controversial. Yeah, I don't like texture. I don't like texture in my tacos. Right, you like <clears throat> the texture to be in the taco. I hate hard shells. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nev- not even if it's a raw tuna dish with yuzu and dill and cilantro and You're trying to manipulate me. <laughs> I'm totally trying <laughs> Are you to get trying you to, to seduce me. I'm on trying this to get podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what so flour or corn tortilla then? Corn. Okay, yeah. That's and this is for health and wellness or this just because Cuz there is something really great about a stretchy flour tortilla. Yeah. No, you're like corn tortilla. Okay. You're not, you don't even want to, like, you're not even going to address it. I think it. just, you're, you're just mad that aroma asking. is just beautiful. That's true. That's corn. true. Uh, very California question here. Death by acai bowl or chia pudding? <laughs> <laughs> He's a brilliant dude. 
Are you envisioning yourself neck deep in Shia pudding <laughs> right now? They both sound delicious. <laughs> I think your laugh also might just be something we cue up in the sound effects Dang, right now. Uh, death by, uh, this is pretty basic, uh, French fries or onion rings. Ooh. That one's like 50-50. Ooh. Oh, are you a 50-50, like half and half? So like if, if, if you go to a restaurant that can give you half rings, That'd half fries. That'd be like a nice visual bouquet, too, the fries inside the onion Oh, ring. look at that. You're like very Alfred Portale right now. <laughs> You With got, a little time you spring. Got, you got, yeah, you got a whole basket of... Now Alfred Portale is going to listen to this podcast and send me bad mail. Uh, so you're not even going to answer? Fries or rings? <clears throat> rings. Oh, oh, most chefs. Most chefs lean onion ring. Uh, death by San Diego or New York City? Ooh, San Diego. Nice. Just it'll be a little bit sunnier. Yeah. Yeah, and there'll be some breeze stress, coming off the ocean. Stress-free. <laughs> uh, death by coffee or tea? Ooh, coffee. Yeah. Are you a, a fiend or... Yeah, I've gone down to like... Three cups a day. Oh, okay. Which is yeah, versus which like is a gallon. <laughs> probably one too much, but yeah, I have. It's the one thing I can't shake. I've fixed so many things in my life, but my addiction to coffee, coffee. is one I can't. Uh, and then last one: death by fast food or fine dining. And this is like a like, you're going to just keep eating it until. Can I just go on a little by. tangent? Just Please. a quick one. Yeah. Did a podcast a couple weeks ago for a local someone here local in North County. I said, "What's your favorite restaurant?" Everybody was expecting me to say, like, Addison, Juniper, and Ivy. You know, right. yada, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Sure. I'm like, Crab Hut. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, uh, okay, we'll edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Cra- I, is, I like is Crab Hut a thing? Yeah, I okay. like simple. It's right. like Louisiana style, you know. Oh, like, okay, yeah. Great. I, like, I just like simple food, dude. I'll take, uh, what'd you say, fast casual? Fast food. Yeah. No, yeah, why not? I mean, if it's going to end up Not being... fast food, like greasy sure. and like something, you know, but, but new fast, age. Simple, new age, fast food. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, that makes sense to me. Yeah, especially like if it is, if we are talking about like last meal, might as well. Who cares? Yeah. Double Whoppers all, all around <laughs> with, with onion rings yeah. on the side. It'll Angela create Sosa. the last meal. <laughs> exactly. Dude, you're awesome. As always, uh, last thing we do on Starving for Attention is something called 86. It's 86. Uh, something that you'd want to 86 in the world, your personal world, the restaurant. It can be serious <clears throat> awesome. or not. You can take this any which way. So I... Uh, oof. Good one. <clears throat> Going back to leadership legacy, uh, I think 8016 80, egos mm-hmm. um, and 8016 stereotypes. And I think, you know, chefs, leaders, leaders of the world should lead with kindness and compassion. I love it. This is something that uh, we all are sort of or have been forced to in a mm-hmm. great way having to take note mm-hmm. of. Right. Uh, that I mean, you know, the angry chef. Mm-hmm. You know, the ego, the ego driven chef mm-hmm. is like a character yeah. of an old novel. Uh, that is being replaced, and it's people like yourself that are, are, are helping change that uh, sort of stereotype. Yeah, because I th- the way that I look at it is whoever's in my quote-unquote universe, in my world, they're probably they're teaching me something about me, so why not find more compassion with them, right? Like this, 100%. It's the way the world's going, and even though things are, uh, have been and uh, continue to be crazy in the world, it is a sort of silver lining yeah. that sort of uh, is, is kind, out there. Just be kind, man. It goes a long way. It sure does. It yeah. comes back to you. Be grateful, um, awesome. I'm grateful, dude, of your time awesome. with us. Thanks for hanging out. Thank we'll you. do another one. This We're going to do more Moneyball, sports-centric, top chef, sure. or competition food p- 
podcast from here. Awesome. Because I, I learned a lot hanging out with you. Do Love us a it. favor. Love what you do. Uh, come to Angela's Restaurant, Death by Tequila, up here in Encinitas, California. Uh, and do us, do me a favor, if you can. Be so kind, as Angelo is suggesting we all be. Although this is a shameless way to promote kindness. Go to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And if you have literally three minutes, it's free. Hit subscribe, but then drop us a review. It helps algorithms and all sorts of this stuff and helps us uh, keep um, sponsors and, and people who help us uh, produce the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much uh, for listening to all of you, all tens of thousands of you. And thank you to our sponsor who made this all possible, True Car. Where would we be without you? Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. Until next week, stay hungry.